The seventh rotation is a podcast committed to advancing Summit League volleyball and commending its student athletes on their accolades and devotion to the sport. This podcast is hosted by Maddie Boston and Joel Kaskinen. All right, you summit stands. We are back with an all new episode of the seventh rotation podcast. That's right. We are here week 11 and Madison and I are bringing you the tea. You said all of that, like, um, have you seen Zootopia? I love Zootopia. Um, we were talking about that in my class today. And this this student goes, that's my favorite movie. And I thought he was just like effing around. And he's like, Officer Judy Hopps. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it actually is his favorite movie. Anyway, you know the um, the DMV scene when they go to the DMV to run the plate? That's how you just gave that intro. That was like my intros are so fast. I talk fast in general. And you were like, Madison and I are bringing you the tea. It was still good though, right? Of course. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't tell you if it wasn't. I mean, maybe off the off air I would, but I wouldn't okay. like blast you in front of I, I already okay, do that that's, like once a week anyway, you know, so. Okay, that's all I ask. Anywho, welcome to the Seventh Rotation Podcast. Um, Madison and I, or Maddie and I, however you affectionately know her as, um, are here to bring you all of this week's Summit League Volleyball news. And yes, I might be talking like the sloth scene from Zootopia, but it's all for added effect because you know that this is not actually how I speak. <laughs> there is the real Joel. I freaking right. love it. I so just kind of, I felt like I didn't know how to do an intro. It's like I do intros for my Joel, own you podcast. have two podcasts, like not including this one. I know, but I never do intros for our show. Like I always do like outros and like transitions. I never do intros. Well, you've been upgraded from the transition guy. Now let me upgrade. You're out okay. of the mail room. I can send you back though if you don't do well. So you just kidding. better not. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Shall we get into things today? Yes. Let's start with NCAA stuff. We don't have a lot for you. Um, however, remember last week when we came on and we were like, we need to apologize because we said that it would be hard to beat number one, which was Texas, and Iowa State was like, hold my beer. Um, yeah, so the same thing happened. Basically, number one went down again. Um, but we didn't sit there on the podcast and tell you that it wouldn't happen. This one, we feel like, was a lot more likely to happen. But Wisconsin did defeat Nebraska. So we do have some shifts in the top five. Currently, Texas is one, San Diego is two, Wisconsin three, Nebraska four, and Louisville five. Six through ten did not change, um, which means that Pitt is at seven. 
I did, however, see some stuff in my Twitter feed about I just some discussions about like whether Louisville should be at five or ahead of Pitt. Um, and I have to say, I did I did see some decent arguments that like Louisville had a better resume overall. But if you're gonna put Wisconsin ahead of Nebraska for beating them in the same conference, you need to put Pitt ahead of Louisville for beating them in the same conference. That's just me. I don't know. That's just me. I think that that is messed up. But I will leave you all to think whatever you want to think about that. Wait, no, say that again. I want to make sure that I'm understanding so Pitt, your opinion. Pitt beat Louisville, right? Correct, yes. And is still ranked below them. Correct, They're in the same yes. conference. Correct, yes. Wisconsin beat Nebraska in the same conference. Correct, yes. And is now ranked above them. Correct, yes. The only argument I've seen that made any sense for Louisville still being ahead of Pitt is that Louisville had a better resume overall, which is debatable. Maybe. Sure. But even so, you lost to a team that was ranked lower than you in your own conference. So why are they still ahead of Pitt? Yeah. That's just me. And at the end of the season when Louisville busts, you guys will know that I knew what I was talking about. And if they don't, then we can agree to disagree. (laughs) That's just me. Wait, but I so see what you're saying. No, I kind of, I'm very glad that you brought this up because I don't think I would have questioned it had you not brought it up. Um, wow. Yeah, no, this is real interesting now that I'm actually spending time thinking about it. Yeah. Um, who's number six? It's probably Ohio State, isn't it? Ohio State is number six, yeah. yes. Um. Yeah, there were full-on, like, arguments in my Twitter feed about it. Not with me. I wasn't getting involved. I was just scrolling. I had a friggin' bottle of wine. I was just scrolling, reading people's tweets. But um, there were people that were like, Pitt deserves to be higher and blah, blah, blah. And then people that were like, Louisville's played a better schedule and it doesn't matter that they lost and, like, all of this stuff. And I was like, eh, it kind of does. kind of does. When you're number two at the time, I mean, Louisville was number two and Pitt was number eight. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me. I mean, people are going to throw their fits wherever and whatever ha- wherever people are ranked and whatever happens. And I think that that's natural and normal and so okay. But I, I understand your argument, though. Like, if you think about it, Pitt beating Louisville and not being higher than them, but Wisconsin and Nebraska having the same situation, being within conferences, beating each other, like there's discrepancy there's a there's a disconnect there yes that's what i'm saying it's the same situation and i haven't gone down and understand i understand completely i haven't gone down and looked at wisconsin and nebraska's schedules um but i would i would think that they are similar even if it's not all the same teams like preseason or non-conference or whatever it wouldn't be but i feel like it's probably the same caliber 
So there's to me, there's no argument. If you're gonna put Wisconsin ahead of Nebraska, you have to put Pitt ahead of Louisville. But anyway, let's talk about our non-summit player of the week. Um, we will go to the Atlantic Sun this week for our non-summit league player of the week. And it's actually an entire front row. Um, I picked three players this week because I thought they gave an outstanding performance. These are some ladies that I have seen play live and was impressed then. And I was looking through mid-major stats this week and was impressed again. Austin P traveled to Charlotte to play Queens, came out with a three to nothing win. Thanks to Jada Clark, who led the attacking for the Govs with 12 kills, but also Tegan Searing and Michaela Powell, who combined for 22 kills. And here's the kicker. No hitting errors. They had 22 kills together. They both had 11, and they had no errors. They never hit the ball out. They never hit it out off the block. Shocking. Accurate. Complete accuracy from Tegan Searing and Michaela Powell. So, congrats to Tegan Searing, Michaela Powell, Jada Clark, and the Austin P. State University Governors. Out of the ASUN, you are our non-Summit League Players of the Week. Where is Austin P. out of? Clarksville, Tennessee. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Why did they travel to Charlotte to play Queens? Because that school is in the ASUN. I think it's a different, um, yeah, Queens University of Charlotte. Not like Queens. Queens, North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. That makes way more sense. I literally was like, I'm so lost. Okay. Aren't you always? Wow. Yes, I am. (laughs) Come correct or don't come at all. I wasn't sure if you were going to be like, I wasn't sure if you were going to be like, wow, that hurt my feelings. But you were like, wow. Yeah, you're you're correct. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm very much so not on the ball game. And you are correct. So, um. That's not what I said. We know each other fairly well, though. I feel like I can um, suss absolutely, you Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 100%. Okay, that cleared up everything I needed to know because I was, like, literally so confused. Queens University of North Carolina. Great, great, great. Cool, cool, cool. Great, great, great. Okay, so moving us into Summit League standings and highlights... Uh, I'm going to give you the, do you want me to give you the offensive player of the week or the defensive player of the week this week? Um, you can do the offensive so that you can gas her up because I know that you want to. Okay. I just feel like I always end up doing the USD people and I wanted to give you a chance, but, um, I will gas up my I mean, goats. do you think that I want to gas up USD? Just kidding. I'm here to gas up the whole league. Well, ways. Um, okay. In, um, I just forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. In, in the basketball 
group chat or whatever i'm the omaha men's writer and there was um todd sent the list of like open teams and it was omaha and usd and he told me to pick or he was like telling the, the people that were left to pick and i was like oh i'll take omaha and he's like oh not usd with like a laughing face like just just being dumb and um I was like, yeah, like that will never happen. And then Tim was like, her articles would probably be filled with curse words. It was like this whole thing that just like went on about like if I were to write for the USD men. And then um, when I picked Omaha, they were talking about the polos that or the quarter zips that we get this year. And he was like, instead of them all being blue, like they're going to be in your team color. And I was like, wow, you will do anything to get me to wear red, huh? Like that's that's what we're doing here. <laughs> I actually kind of love that. Um, I do too. It was hilarious. Go ahead and give us our Summit League Ticket Smarter Offensive Peak Performer of the Week. Okay, so once again, everyone, the Summit League Ticket Smarter Offensive Player of the Week is Elizabeth Junkie of the University of South Dakota Coyotes. She has earned her 13th Offensive Peak Performer Award of her career, her seventh of the current season. Um, The reason why she was voted this week's Offensive Player of the Week is because she totaled a match high 28 kills or 7% per set, not percent, uh, with a .338 hitting percentage in a 3-1 win over South Dakota State, their in-state rivals. She also went on to add 28 kills uh, as a career best in a four-set match. That was against, oh my gosh, who else did we play this week? Uh, North Dakota. And she added 18 digs to record her 16th double-double of the season. So, Elizabeth Junkie, you are... Um... Did you say four set match? Didn't you go five with UND? Last night? Or was this last week? Oh, shoot. I just said you. Yep. I said UND, didn't that I? Because I was week. thinking, I was thinking last night. This is last week's. Correct. Yes. Thank Wait, you for calling you me out. Wait, did you have more than one match last week? I thought we just had the we had the travel partners match. That was the only match we played last week, wasn't it? Wait. Yeah. That's why we played on Friday. Wait, now I'm questioning everything. I don't doubt that her twenty eight kills were a career best in a some number of sets match. I just I wanna make sure we get it right. No, this was I pulled this straight from the Summit League website. Oh, the travel partner match was four sets. It was three to one. It was four. So we're good. Against SDSU. Yes. Yes. Okay. 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 That makes sense. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Great. That makes total (laughs) sense. I was literally like, I was at the only game that we played last week. So how is this accurate? But I should have known because I was there that we played four sets. It's good. I honestly, I thought that was five. I don't know why. Maybe because the first time we played was five. Yeah. No, we went. Or because it should have been five. 
It's okay. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Did you get all the way through that? I'm sorry. I did. I'm just going to recap because I think we're all distracted <laughs> at this point. Okay, so Elizabeth Junkie, 13th Offensive Peak Performer Award of the career of her career, 7th of the season, totaled a match-high 28 kills in a 3-1 triumph over South Dakota State. That's the four-set match that she had the 28 kills in. Please disregard my last statement about UND. I'm obnoxious and incorrect. And she added 18 digs to record her 16th double-double of the season. Okay, that rounds us out and corrects my inaccuracies. Maddie. Please take away the defensive player of the week All so right. I can wipe some sweat off of my brows. <laughs> the Summit League Ticket Smarter Defensive Player of the Week for the second time in her career and the second time this season is North Dakota's Courtney Carney. She posted 46 digs over two matches, tallied 25 digs in a reverse sweep of oral roberts tacked on another 21 against kansas city i was at that match i'll tell you about it later it was awesome um including eight in the first set and then also registered four aces and nine assists so defensive player of the week is north dakota's courtney carney let us slide into these players to watch i I'm going to start them since the first four are mine, and then you can finish them since the rest are yours. That so the great. first one who um, has been briefly mentioned before is Allie Barth from North Dakota State. She tallied 13 kills and five blocks against SDSU um, last night. Normally we don't talk about the Tuesday games, but there was Tuesday games this week so we're gonna i don't know we're kind of recording at a weird time but last night on tuesday um 13 kills five blocks against sdsu we love the way she hits out of the pin we love the way she blocks in the middle we love the way she does everything she does because she's a freshman and she's awesome i was just going to say as a freshman she is a player that does not play like a true freshman she plays with such grit such technicality that you would never guess that she's a freshman she honestly like if crystal burke hit out of the right pin consistently that's like that's what ali barth is going to be in like two years maybe even a year and a half that's a good um comparison thank you i like that that's a great comparison um Somebody that I literally can't believe I haven't talked about and want to personally apologize to you for not talking about you is Sydney Andrews. Um, not only is she a great human with so much energy and so much fun to watch on the court, but she's a good blocker. Um, she had six blocks against North Dakota State last night. I don't know her kill total. It was not the double digits. But at one point on three consecutive plays, she went block, kill, block. Like, I'm pretty – we retweeted it and said Sid Show because it was the Sid Show for a hot minute there. Um, she's amazing. Definitely Stan Sydney Andrews. Next. He's, she's a jackrabbit for those of you listening that oh, do not yeah, know sorry. where she's from. My bad. My bad. 
<laughs> um, see, I can correct you, you can correct me, and it's all okay. I don't know that that was a correction. It was more of just like an addition. Yeah, but I'm sensitive and I took it as a correction. Okay, well, Sydney Andrews, the jackrabbit, we love you. <laughs> um, Georgia Mullins from Kansas City. 13 kills, three blocks in the five-set loss to North Dakota, and also four blocks against NDSU. And Marissa Stockman um, had five blocks in the five-set loss to USD and five blocks in the five-set win over Kansas City. I have to point out Marissa Stockman because she liked our tweet the other day, and it just made me really happy because I thought I was being clever. Um, but I tweeted, for those of you that didn't see it, when I was at the UND Kansas City game on Saturday in Kansas City, she um, was trying to save the ball and she used her head, like point blank, like soccer header. And I tweeted very like play by play announcer, like, like I was like, Marissa Stockman thinking on her feet and attempting what soccer would know as a header, but it's no good for UND as that is the fourth touch or something like that. And she liked it. And I was like, that's cute. I love that. I love that she saw it. Um, so yeah, Marissa Stockman so from UND. So clever. So clever. Um, and not only is Marissa Stockman such a good ball player, but like the fact that she loved that tweet, like tells me that she's got, a good humor about her and she's willing to like have some fun and like joke around, which obviously, you know, we love. So. We love that. We have a way too Mar- much of it. Correct. Marissa you should have Stockman, heard like the, like we 12, the 12 minutes of stuff that we cut because we started recording, but didn't actually start like our pod commentary. And it was a, a, like, it says we've been recording for 29 minutes right now, but I'm pretty sure the first, like, 12 or 14 of that was, like, just me and Joel screwing around. Accurate. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to move us into the remainder of our players to watch. But before I do, I want to give a shout out to someone that we've come to love and recognize, um... And I'm going to just say this because it is in follow-up to one of Maddie's players to watch. So, Georgia Mullins, your mother, Shauna, (laughs) is adorable. I'm sure she wants to hear this on the pod. She does. I'm sure of it. Even if she doesn't, you're hearing it. (laughs) We love you. We so appreciate you. Um, She's going to hate us. So, Georgia's mother... Shauna reached out to us via Twitter because she listened to all of our episodes in, in one, one day. day. And that is a true feat because not even Maddie and I want to listen to ourselves talk that much in one day. I want to know and how many like for bottles Shana, of wine she had with that. <laughs> honestly, Shauna, please DM us back and tell us how much you had to drink because we owe you. Um, but seriously though, she adores us. We adore her. And we were literally just hyping up all things, Kansas city, all things summit league. Shauna shared with us this amazing article about how Georgia and her friend Isabella, it's Isabella, right? Yes. From Isabella from Denver. Um, how they used to play at Colorado college as undergraduate students. They were, roommates they are best friends they are teammates or were teammates and now they play 
into separate Summit League schools and into very solid programs with Kansas City and Denver, respectfully. So, respectively. So, all of that being said, Shauna, thank you so much for listening. Georgia, we love you and your mom. And now I'm going to bring us into the (laughs) remainder of our players to watch. So I'm going to start with another DU um, Pio. So Isabella, we love you, but we're going to also hype up your teammate Gianna Bertallo for having 26 digs against UST this week. My next player to watch is Kennedy Schrittenthal, I think is how you pronounce it. Schrittenthal? I think it's Schrittenthal. Is that it? Schrittenthal? We really need to do this stuff before we, we start need this. We need this pronunciation. Summit League people, make sure that you add pronunciations to your websites. We're not trying to be Kennedy, disrespectful, we promise. <laughs> Kennedy Schrittenthal. You're 44 digs this week. And your career high 25 against NDSU have earned you a spot in Joel's player to watch list. My last two players to watch are Elizabeth Norris, who we've already spoken about quite a few times this season, but who I have come to really, really, really appreciate playing um, and appreciate watching. Uh, Elizabeth Norris from UND tied for second in the nation in triple doubles. And she's the only Summit League player to record a triple-double this season. And in her match against USD this week, Tuesday. Yeah, today's Wednesday. I'm, like, questioning everything. Yes, in her match against South Dakota on Tuesday, smacked into the scorer's table and caught her finger or her hand and still came back and was, like, slaying the day. So... I love you. You're beyond phenomenal to watch. So beyond talented. Elizabeth Norris, thank you for doing what you do. And my last but certainly not least player to watch is Carly Wenzel from Western Illinois with a season-high 31 digs against Denver. Um, Carly, I don't think we've spoken about you on the podcast yet, but um, I really have loved watching you. But to have 31 digs in one match... Um, especially against a team like Denver, who is a very talented and has incredible defense for you to be like digging up their offensive plays that are usually because of their defensive plays. I just, I'm, I was blown away. So Carly props to you. Can we, um, go back to that UND USD match and applaud Midco sports. I mean, what we are here to do literally is uplift women's sports and women in sports. And they put two female sportscasters on a volleyball game, which I honestly have only heard two or three times this year in all of NCAA volleyball. Um, and I think that that's really important and really cool. So claps and snaps for Midco. I literally, we love Midco. I will do anything for Midco. They're amazing. Um, Claps and snaps for Midco Sports for putting two um, female sportscasters on a volleyball game. We appreciate it. Honestly, yes. Not that the Second. dudes aren't great. I love me some Jay Elson. Tom Neiman is one of my favorite humans on the planet. We love the men. 
Um, but I think it's super important that we highlight women doing women's sports things. Game highlights from last week. Uh, Denver defeated Western and St. Thomas on the road 3-1 to one, both times. Omaha defeated St. Thomas and Western on the road um, three to one at St. Thomas, three to nothing at Western. USD hosted SDSU and won three to one, and then won on the road to North Dakota last night and won three to two. Kansas City lost both matches to North Dakota and North Dakota State, and they were both five set matches that they lost. Um, ORU hosted North Dakota and North Dakota State and lost both in five sets to North Dakota and in three to North Dakota State. And then St. Thomas, obviously, we I just said that, lost to Omaha and Denver at home. Western lost to North Dakota, North Dakota State at home. Um, North Dakota at Oral Roberts, one three to nothing at Kansas City, or sorry, at one three to two at Oral Roberts, um, reverse swept them. One at Kansas City, three to two. Almost did not. That was absolute chaos. Kansas City was full steam ahead to complete a reverse sweep and just the train shut down um in the fifth. But that I'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um and then UND lost to USD last night, three to two. NDSU at Kansas City, one three to two at Oral Roberts, one three nothing, and then versus South Dakota State. Last night, lost three to one. Um, so let's talk about last night, actually. I apologize for my dog whining. I texted my husband and asked him um, assertively to take her out as soon as he got home. <laughs> um, last <laughs> night, well, I was like, hey, I cooked dinner. It's in the fridge. Please take Sadie out. Thank you. I love um, it. What was I going to say? Oh, last night. Last night. Last night. <laughs> About last night. Um, both matches in the league ended on a service ace. So that's cool. SDSU taking down number two, North Dakota, um, and not even taking five sets to do it. We are having Dandro Dallas on the show next week and definitely excited for that. And something that I'm curious about um, that I will commit right now to asking him about is after the post or after the game in Vermilion last week in the presser, he commented on expecting to win the first set. He said, we know we can win the first set. We expect to win the first set. But can we go out and win the second and the third? Obviously did not win the second set last night, but did win the third and the fourth, um, which was a really good turnaround for his team. They snapped a five-game losing streak. As a Jackrabbit fan, it was damn time. Like, I was so excited last night, um, and it was definitely fun to see. And uh, USD, a little bit not looking like themselves last night, but also mad credit to North Dakota. They're sitting in the fourth spot in the league for a reason. Um, So super cool for them to kind of make a run and ship away at USD, even though they did not get the result that they um, wanted last night. Yeah, I just, in follow-up to what you just said, um, I would certainly say 
credit is due for North Dakota. Um, while, yes, we can say that South Dakota did not look like themselves as the number one team in the league, it would be remiss of us to not say that North Dakota showed up against them. Um, it was a very tough match to watch for me as a Yope fan, but it was very fun for me to watch as a podcast fan and as a Summit League, or as a podcast fan, as a podcast host and as a Summit League fan. It was very fun for me to watch because it's undeniable that the teams that are in this league are so closely matched. Um, you really cannot say that South Dakota is hands down the best team in the league. And that's like, that's me saying that as a Yote fan and as a Yote alum, like these teams are so evenly matched that for the fourth team and the first team to play five sets and for it to really have gone either way says something. So UND, props to you. You brought it last night. USD, you didn't quite look like yourselves. I still love you. But, you know, I'm ready for a bounce back. So all of that to be said, the Summit League is a damn tough league to play in. And every team is a very, very worthy of being here. That's what I have to say. That's Absolutely. that on that. Well, and even, I mean, we are, we are having, um, who did I say? SDSU on the show next week. UND is locked in for the show next week. So we'll have at least two, um, two interviews for you next week, if not more. And those yeah, are we'll two, have both. those are two teams that are charged with changing the league. I mean, if you look at how the league has been the, the past few years, and I know I use SDSU as an example, it's just because I, I went there and I know what that what that culture is like. Um, George Alice has came in and really just flipped that around. I mean, culture and um, you can see it on the players' faces. You can see that they're happier. You can see that they're having more fun. And you can see that they're better. And I think that that's obviously credit to George Alice and also the girls that have come in um, and and stuck with it, like Crystal and Sydney and, and some of those other older girls um, Carly Wadel that have, have stuck with it and really put in their best effort. And I think Jesse Tupac as well. Um, and the girls at North Dakota are just making such a difference. If you just look at how the league was three to five years ago and where it is now, it's, it's night and day. So that's just my, that is my, um, two cents on that. Can you see me like not even able to fully sit up right now because my dog is in my lap? Oh, yeah, of course I see you. <laughs> I'm like, I was trying to just be so professional and like get through it, but I, it's not happening anymore. I'm sorry, Sadie, um, you gotta like sit next to me. Just not, she was full <laughs> on laying on top of me. Oh, no, I saw the whole thing. She thinks she's a lap dog. She's like 40 pounds. Like, I love cuddling with her, but when she's straight up like laying on my chest, like I, and sprawled out, of course, where I can't move. 
I feel like that happens with every dog owner. It does. Um, it just is, it comes with the territory. Absolutely. Well, that um, wraps up our first little chunk of stuff for you. We have an absolute treat. Um, a second year Division One, second year Summit League, but 20th year um, volleyball coach, very experienced coach of the St. Thomas Tommies, Coach Tang Pham, uh, sat down with Joel earlier this week. So we are going to throw that on for you so that you can hear that and we will be back. All right, welcome back, Summit Stands. We have another treat for you this week. Our guest is none other than Tang Pham, head coach of the University of St. Thomas Tommies. Coach has been leading the Tommies for the past 20 years and has guided them to the NCAA tournament 14 times while competing at the Division III level. And in 2012, the Tommies won their first national championship under the leadership of Coach Tang. In 2021, the Tommies started competing at the Division I level, and in that season, they recorded three wins, two of which were over Summit League foe University of North Dakota. Now in their second season competing at the Division I level, coaches led the Tommies to victories over Montana State, St. Louis, and conference opponent Western Illinois. So without further ado, welcome, Tang. Thanks for having me, Joel. Absolutely. Uh, so we wanted to apologize once again just for Madison not being here today. She had a family emergency come up, so it is just you and I, but um, she is with us in spirit and that's what matters. So I uh, just wanted to say sorry for that and give her a little love from away. Uh, let's go ahead and just jump into some questions. So our first question is, uh, we're wildly impressed by your tenure, both uh, in volleyball and at St. Thomas. So you are in your 20th season. Uh, can you tell us about what motivates you to keep going year after year and about the things that you love most about St. Thomas? Um, I'm going to address the second question first because uh, right. that's easy. Uh, St. Thomas is just a great university. Um, we pride ourselves on comprehensive excellence in, in and out of the classroom. The, the type of athlete that gets attracted to St. Thomas is, you know, uh, hardworking, humble, uh, highly intelligent, and that makes the job a lot easier. Um, as far as longevity and, and things like that, I, I really don't pay attention to that very much. I think that um, probably the secret is that we pour everything that we possibly can into every season and, and you know, only one team gets to win it all. And fortunate enough for us in 2012, it happened. And that does keep us going, but you know, in terms of um, why we do it, it's it's definitely because of the girls. They're they're just great, hardworking student athletes. That's amazing to hear. Um, our second question, kind of piggybacking off of that a little bit, um, is in relation to the changes from D three to D one. And this actually was brought to a follower of ours on Twitter. So this is from Troy Gillespie. Um, so for all the big changes in moving from D3 to D1, it seems like things haven't changed much in your program. There hasn't been an overhaul or, or major roster change um, for staffing or players, even in this crazy new reality of players transferring all over the place. So we're curious, is there a plan for you to maintain that stability? And is it all related to the girls that you just alluded to or, or what's kind of happening right. there? So, so... 
um, there's a plan and there's also a financial plan and there's also a roster plan and everything kind of has to marry together. Um, we are just starting out in the in the division one process here and uh, we're on a, um, a build up, uh, you know, they're, they're staggering our scholarships. So we're not starting off with 12 scholarships like everybody else. So we're starting off with four. Um, with that, there's also been recruiting promises made when pe when kids athletes have decided to play here at St. Thomas, and we want to try to honor those. So whether they fell under the Division One umbrella or the Division Three umbrella, I believe that sports is a vehicle that trains life lessons. Whether we are winning or losing, I think there's a lot that you can learn from either case, and we want those lessons to be passed on to our student athletes. Again, um, competing at the Division One level. The athletes are definitely bigger, faster, stronger, jump jump a little higher, offense is a little quicker. But for us, you know, I think we can adapt and, and we've shown that we can, especially with our Division Three athletes, we just can't do it on a consistent basis where um, we can pull up the victories more often. But we're getting there and and it's going to be a process and and we understand that and we're in it for the long game and not, not immediate um Short-term gains such as, you know, going to the transfer portal. I think that we can do it with homegrown talent and and good hard coaching and and just discipline. So that's our strategy moving forward. And and if it has to change, it has to change. But we're willing to give this experiment a, a, a fair shot. Totally. Uh, we have a second question also from Troy that's kind of similar to your answer that you just gave. So we're going to jump into that question. Uh, so Minneapolis-St. Paul, kind of that hometown area, is a recruiting hotbed on a national level for volleyball. Does that allow you to improve your recruiting without having to increase your regional scope? And if so, how much easier is it uh, to do recruiting um, through scholarships, through pay plans, through other recruiting promises? Right. And um, again, like I can't speak to how hard or easy it is to recruit at other schools. I just know how how, how it's like at St. Thomas. Um, and, you know, uh, we have, the you know, the Gophers across the street and they're knocking on a Final Four and a national championship. And so they're recruiting a different type of athlete than what we are. We're starting out. Um, the Twin Cities area is a hotbed for recruiting and we are trying to get, you know, local talent to stay home but there are also challenges with being in the summit league in terms of being a provisional sport where we can't compete for a championship a summit league championship for the first five years of our existence and so that's kind of a drawback but at the same time we do believe that we can provide our student athletes with such a great experience overall that it's definitely worth considering so there there's pluses and minuses to it um we do feel like Eventually, we can close the borders up a little bit and, and keep some of the local talent here. Uh, the other fortunate thing that, or unfortunate thing for me, uh, the Division II volleyball landscape is really good in, in the state of Minnesota with Concordia St. Paul winning a ton of national championships and Minnesota Duluth being good and, and up-and-coming mm -hmm. programs mm -hmm. like Mankato State. So, again, um, we're always fighting with other schools on the type of student-athlete that we're looking for. But then again, St. Thomas does draw a unique type of student that is again high achieving in so many areas that that I do feel like we will find the right kid for us. That's perfect. I love that answer. 
So speaking of finding the right kid, your squad is making noise, even though your record may not reflect that right now. You've won sets against every team in the Summit League except for NDSU and ORU this season. And as the newbie to the league and in a tough league like the Summit, that is quite the accomplishment and takes a ton of teamwork and team effort. So can you talk to us about the resilience of the players on your squad this season? Um, It's high. I mean, it has to be. Uh, I know that it's really easy to look at our record and feel like we're not accomplishing our goals, but I, I really feel like we are. Uh, again, um, we're showing that we can compete with a lot of these teams and and the, the mental fortitude it takes to come in and do the work that we need to without ever having experienced it before speaks a lot to the type of athlete that we have. Um, they're in it for the right reasons in terms of they play forward with each other and I just couldn't ask for more. Yes, it would be nice to have more wins, but I don't think that defines us as a program. I think, uh, you know, the heart that we show and and how hard we work and, and just the genuine love that they have for each other, go like that's going to be life lessons that they're going to be able to take with them well beyond volleyball. I love that. Um, so let's t- jump into a couple of your leading um, stats. Uh, we have Emma Gerker and Lauren Galvin all over your stat lines for pretty much every game. How has the leadership of these two influenced your young squad this season? And are there any other players that are maybe the coach on the court, if you will? Yeah, I mean, um, Lauren and Emma have done such an amazing job, especially at a young age. I mean, Lauren's just a sophomore and, and Emma's a, a true freshman. Um, they're, they're really taking on the challenge well. But I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't answer that question properly without mentioning kids like Carrie Rutledge, who is a returning um, grad student who who is coming back to be our libero, uh, Ellie Daman, who is you know a force in the middle, um, mm-hmm. Claire Ricard, who who is learning learning to play the game on the right side, and, and they're juniors or, or older, and they're they're just setting the tone that that it's more than just volleyball. It's mm-hmm. it's more than just a game. We're, we're trying to lay a foundation of how we want other teams in the future to play and to be and and to be resilient, regardless of score. Um, they're setting a great culture for us, and I couldn't be more appreciative for the upperclassmen leadership that they've shown. Definitely. I really feel like the squad that you have currently has tons of opportunity to leave a legacy for St. Thomas, just the way that they play um just the way that they work together the way that they are encouraging each other and as i've seen more and more games throughout the season it's just really impressive so i think that you have a great group this year well thank you yeah of course um so the next question is also from troy so we've got one other question after his um so he says that your current gym is really nice size for volleyball are there any plans to let your team stay there when the basketball teams eventually move into a larger gym um that's above my pay grade but uh i will say i will say that um the conversations that have been had uh, i think the plan is to stay in 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 the arc the anderson uh, athletic recreation complex uh it is a great venue um as we travel across the country and see other venues uh, we're very fortunate that st thomas has invested so much uh resources into athletics and we couldn't be happier that where we're at so the plan the plan moving forward if I don't know if there's a basketball stadium in the talks or if there will be one built, but I know that we'll be staying where we're at. I love that. That's awesome. It's a great gym too. 
Uh, last question we have for you is in 20 years of coaching, you have probably seen it all. So tell us what's the funniest or most interesting or strangest thing that's happened either at practice or in a game setting or during a travel moment. Oh man. And in 20 years, you, you accumulate a lot of memories. And, sure, sure. And to try, try to handpick one is I, I, I'd probably be wrong. Um, but the, the memory that sticks out the most to me is actually in the regional final um, in 2012 when mm-hmm. we're facing our rival St. Ben's and I put in the wrong lineup. I was, <laughs> it was in the fifth set. It was a highly emotional match and I jotted down a change that I thought would work, but I put it in the wrong context in terms of oh, I no. didn't have the right people in the right spots. <laughs> and and again, this is the regional final to go to the national tournament. And so it wasn't like, you know, we could we could mess up and be okay. I mean, we had to get the, the W out of it. And I had told my team that I messed up and their just their response was, Coach, we got you. Don't worry. We got this. And I couldn't be more proud of of the fact that they allowed me to be vulnerable and, and you know, admit my mistake and then have my back be behind it. And we went out there and played phenomenal and we ended up winning easily in that set. So, again, um, you're always learning through sports and whether it's your first day on the job or your 20th day on the job, there's always challenges in front of in front of you. The one thing that I really, truly learned is that we do it together, whether it's uh, as a coaching staff or as a team or as a program, we're all in it together. Uh, I know they have my back. I have their back. And that's just a, a feeling that 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 you, it can't be replicated in anything else. So when people talk about why you do it, I mean, that's why you do it for the friendships. You do it for the relationships. You do it for for your players. And uh, I couldn't mm. be more proud of what we've established here. That was perfectly said. Um, and I love that you chose a memory that was you focused, <laughs> you centric, not so much a, a team or a players centric. That's really cool. <laughs> well, coach, that is all that we've got for you. We so appreciate you taking the time to be here with us and to share your thoughts with us. And again, for waiting for those couple of minutes while we endured tech difficulties. No problem. And thank you for all all you do and, and pr- promoting such a, a wonderful league in the Summit League. Uh, we left a great conference in the MIAC and, mm-hmm. and we jumped into another great one with the Summit League. All the coaches and, and, uh, and the players have been nothing but respectful. And and I really look forward to the challenges that, that being in the Summit League brings. So thank you for all your work for promoting the sport. Of course, absolutely. All right, Summit Stands, we uh, will see Coach Fam and the Tommies at it again uh, at 7 p.m. tonight against South Dakota State, uh, the Jackrabbits, and then followed by Saturday afternoon at the University of South Dakota. Stick around, Summit Stands, we will be right back. All right, folks, there you heard it. The incredible Tang fam from St. Thomas and the Tommy's Volleyball Squad. I don't know why I just said it like that, but I felt like I had to like 
like enunciate it exceptionally. So that's what I did. Um, Tang fam, thank you so much for being on the pod. We so appreciate it. You're incredible. Your dedication to not only the league as a second year coach, but also just your institution and the game of women's volleyball. Really, really impressive. We are so grateful for your time and energy and so appreciated you being on. Uh, so thank you. Um, coming out of that incredible interview, we are going to jump right into our upcoming matches for the week. So without further ado, everyone, Summit Stands, we have this coming Thursday, i.e. today, this evening, St. Thomas versus South Dakota State at 7 p.m. Kansas City versus Omaha at 7 p.m. At. Or those are Rock. all at. Oh, did Sorry. I say verse? Yeah, it's Shoot. okay. They're all at. I so messed that up. Anywho, we've got St. Thomas at South Dakota State University, Kansas City at Omaha. Oral Roberts at Denver and Western Illinois at South Dakota, all at 7 p.m. Thank you for that correction, Maddie. Saturday of this week, we have Oral Roberts at Omaha at 12.30 p.m., Western Illinois at South Dakota State at 1 p.m., North Dakota State at North Dakota at 4 p.m., Kansas City at Denver at 4 p.m. and the St. Thomas Tommies at South Dakota at 4.45 p.m. on Saturday. Maddie, what will you... What, what? What game is the... There's obviously an extra match on Saturday, and I'm trying to figure out... Um... Wait. I'm trying to figure out who only has one match this week. North Dakota. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. It's UND. It's UND. Right? And North Dakota State. Yep, that's the travel part yeah, of the game. Yeah, wouldn't it, wouldn't it yep. be? Yeah. I was looking at all of them, like, going back and forth, and I was like, I can't find it. I was like, I swear it's North Dakota. Why are you questioning it? And then as I was, like, because looking I didn't know at who it, was. as you. Well, to yeah. be fair, could you hear me pouring? Yes, that? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, the bottle's half gone, so I... No, I'm not judging you. I was mostly questioning myself because you brought it up, and I was like, did I mess something up? So then I was looking through it frantically like, oh my God, I screwed everything up. Weird. But no, I was pretty certain it was North Dakota, North Dakota State. So then I had to question everything because you questioned me, and I thought I was wrong. So <laughs> we're such a disaster. If you guys, if you guys could see our text messages, like, and how much we're like, well, I thought this and I thought that like, we need to communicate better. That is so funny. Okay. Um, what were you going to ask me to do before I cut you off? I apologize. I was going to ask you what, if you would share with us the current summit league standings. I sure can. I don't know the records because I don't have them in front of me. Um, but they are one through four, South Dakota, North Dakota State, Omaha, and Denver. Five through eight, 
UND, SDSU, Oral Roberts in Kansas City, and then St. Thomas at 9 and Western at 10. I can tell you the records I do know is that SDSU is 5 and 7 and Kansas City is 4 and 8. I don't know about Oral yes. Roberts. They may also be 4 and 8. Oral Roberts is also 4 and 8, yes. Okay, so, so Oral Roberts and Kansas City are tied for 7th. They are the only current... No, there are two ties currently, I'm lying. Who else is tied? Omaha um, and Denver? Oh, wait. Hold on. There might be three ties. What? Let me just break this down. Okay, so South Dakota is currently number one at 11 and one. Then we have North Dakota State and Omaha tied for number two. Two. At 10, three, mm. both. Then yep. we have Denver and North Dakota tied at three, nine and four. South Dakota State at four, at five no, and seven. No, they would be... At, um, at they're in sixth. Six for five and seven. Um, and then we have Oral Roberts and Kansas City tied with a record of four and eight. And St. Thomas at number nine, um, one and 12. And Western Illinois at number 10, 0 and 13. Wow. Literally saying all of those numbers, I was like questioning myself the entire time. I like had to like <laughs> really process that. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, Let's talk about our matches of the week. I will have... You go first. Okay. Oh, I kind of like this, that you just told me that I'm going first instead of asking me who it was, because we normally ask each other our matches of the week. Okay, so I have two matches of the week this week because I couldn't decide whether I wanted to root for NDSU and UND being the in-state rivalry match of the week, or if I wanted to go with ORU and Denver because of the fact that how many times have we said that this league is so close and the distance between one and 10 literally is not that far. And the fact that ORU and Denver, even though they are not tied, nor are they sitting in the rankings next to each other, there really is not that much difference between the two. Um, so for Oral Roberts versus Denver this week, um, we have a nine and four record versus a four and eight record, which again, like the records don't always say how closely or evenly matched the teams are. And that's the point that I'm trying to make, that we are trying to make, that even with those records being basically flip-flopped, the matchup between the two is going to be a very tight race, I think. And I think it's going to be a competitive match. I think it's going to be very fun to watch. Um, ORU this week... I, I don't know. I've just been really enjoying watching ORU lately. And I feel like they're going to bring it against Denver. So, yeah, 
it's either that match or the UND NDSU rivalry matchup that I am dying to watch. So Maddie, what's yours? So for me, it's Kansas City at Denver. Um, I'm high on Kansas City right now. I have been since we had Posey on the show. Um, and for those um, of you that yes. don't know, I I had missed the St. Thomas interview on Friday that you obviously heard that was just uh, with Joel because I was in Missouri for um, some just family things that were going on. And I had decided on Saturday, a lot of the family was kind of doing their own thing. And I was like, you know what? I told Jared that I might come. I'm just going to get in the car, drive to Kansas City. I was only like 80 miles or so from campus. So I popped over there um, and they were so kind to me, left me a ticket, did not have to do that, put me at the scorer's table with Jared. Like I got to actually cover the game and I was just planning on going and just like being like, hey, nice to meet you and leaving. Like I was not planning on actually covering the game, Um, but they allowed me to do that and it was so much fun. And such a good match um, between Kansas City and North Dakota. Kansas City came out not hot. Kind of like when you know they can play better. It was like that type of thing. And Christy was not happy. And we've seen her Uh not happy. And she was Uh not happy. Um, And But they were like they were there. They were hanging in the matches. Like they were close-ish. Like it wasn't terrible and then after the five minute break between set two and three completely new kansas city completely new kansas city that came out of the locker room i thought they were going to reverse sweep i like i i leaned over to jared in the fourth and i was like are we going five and he goes well certainly looks that way and i was like yeah um and we did go five and it did not end kansas city's way but it was a well fought hard fought match So for me, Kansas City at Denver, because Kansas City's last three matches have gotten five sets um, against UND, against NDSU, and against Oral Roberts before that. I think they beat Oral Roberts 3-2 and lost to both North Dakota schools 2-3. So their last three matches have gone five sets. To me, that shows me they can handle longevity in matches. And also, my personal opinion is that they have a fight in them that is unmatched across the rest of the league like I've never seen a team you know what I take that back I think Western um matches their fight for having one zero games this year but also like throwing down every time and like just going as hard as they can I will say that Western matches their fight um but I do think that they have a fight about them they're a game and a half behind SDSU right now and this is SDSU's three match week and SDSU won their match last night, so they've got two matches left this week. So the time for Kansas City to make a run is absolutely now. It's now. If South yeah, Dakota totally. State wins these two matches this week and Kansas City does not, I fear that that may be it for Kansas City this year. If South Dakota State goes out goes 3-0 and this week, they're already 1-0. If they go 3-0 and and Kansas City goes 0-2, that would put them... Three and a half games behind SDSU, if I did that math right. Um, Girl, you know I can't math, so neither can I. I'm taking I'm taking your word for it. But that's a <laughs> lot to that's a lot to make up to get down three and a half games to someone or behind someone, I guess, in the standings this um, this close to the tournament. I just think that that's that's too many games to have to make up. Um, I was going to look and see who, let's see, what's the date today? 
the third or the yeah the third okay so obviously kansas city has omaha and denver this week next week kansas city has usd and sdsu i'm not saying kansas city can't do it but it's usd so I just, I just, that's the top team in the league. Probably still will be by the time Kansas City plays them. So if they don't win two games this week, I just don't. They do have St. Thomas and Western left that they could potentially win. But I just don't see, it's not like they have four easy matches for the rest of the season, I guess is what I'm saying. So I just don't, I just, really the time is now. I just don't see it happening. Um so I think I they like have my to just go. Match of the week next week might be SDSU versus Kansas City. Yes. Yeah. Me too. I feel like that's going to be a good match. I'm well, so nervous de- for that. Depending on how things go this week. But I would say right now, the way things are looking, that might be my match of the week next mm-hmm. week. Which is also why it's so I can't believe I didn't pick up on this. Thank you for saying that. It is so important for Kansas City to win these two games. Um, because then even if SDSU wins the next two, then there's still only a game and a half back. If SDSU wins two, Kansas yeah, City loses two, yeah. then for Kansas City to go play SDSU or le- sorry, let me take it back. If SDSU loses out this week and goes one and two this week, and Kansas City wins two, then I think they actually end up ahead of SDSU. Or tied. And then either way, to go into that, that puts a lot more pressure. If SCSU were to lose this week and Kansas City win, that puts a lot more pressure on their match next week in the Sweeney than it does if Kansas City doesn't win this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. So that is mine. Um, For those reasons, I rest my case. Yeah, I'm... I have nothing else to add to that. You, that's a great argument. Um, yeah, honestly, I think that's my match to watch next week. Um, okay, Maddie, what are your final thoughts this week? Um, I wish my dog would stop running around so that I, you would have to like not have to hear that. <laughs> hey, Starbucks, I'm gonna need you to just take a little hiatus. I, my husband just got home, and she actually he just got home. Um last night from minnesota so she hadn't seen me in like five days and hadn't seen him in like five days yeah um, so she's just a little so why she's just antsy she's just a little hyper my little sweet girl she's adorable okay so um, final, final thoughts, thoughts for the week though <laughs> i go ahead maybe i'll think of something while you're speaking okay so my final thoughts of this week are ORU, Kansas City. I'm, I've got my eye on both of you. And I'm excited for both of you. Um, in addition to that, I would say my final, final thought is, as we've said a thousand bajillion times, this league is way closer than... It looks on paper and I'm starting to get a little nervous, to be honest, um, about the tournament. So my, yeah, my final thought, I'm going to leave with that and it's going to be a negative slash anxious one. Um, 
Yeah. Maddie, what do you have? I've been nervous this whole time. Um, But actually, I'll give you a final thought that has like nothing to do with like actual on the court play. Um, Obviously, this weekend when I was at Kansas City, their um, SID, his name's Jared. He's cool people. If you have a chance to like connect with him, we love or network with him. He's cool people. Also, something that made me emotional in the best way is just everything that Christy Posey encompasses, like as a human and as a soul. She came over and talked to me after the game, gave me the biggest hug. Like I expected a handshake. I was like, Okay, I was like prepping myself like, okay, don't fangirl too hard, like be kind, be professional, like shake her hand, like firm handshake, just like dad taught you. Like she throws her arms open and is like, Maddie. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Christy Posey. Like just freaking amazing. Just Kansas City is filled with great people, great people, as is the entire league. And if you get nothing else from us ever like if you you can say that we don't know volleyball we probably don't like we're not we're no like i'm i'm not like somebody famous who knows a bunch of shit like you can say that we don't know anything that's fine but if you take nothing else away from us i want you to take that we love the summit league because it's a good league filled with good people great schools great volleyball that stops like you know they say behind every good man is a good woman or something like that behind every good summit league school are great freaking people those are my parting thoughts i'm just high on the league this week i i had a tough week with family issues and going to that game and just seeing like our league in action just really kind of like brought me back up to where i usually am so those are my parting thoughts the summit league rocks like this is no joke we actually love it and we love like all of you Wow, you had much better parting thoughts and um, final thoughts than I did. So, wow. Great. Thank you. (laughs) Putting me to shame as usual. Stop, (laughs) Jewel. You're ridiculous. I know. Okay, well, I'm imagining our little, like, Joel keeps telling me that he's imagining our, like, intro and outro music, and now I'm imagining it. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> okay, well, um, Omaha's coming up. We'll be there. Come say hi. We'll have cute little buttons. If you like buttons, we'll have buttons. Not a lot because I'm cheap and like all of this comes out of my own pocket, Um, but we'll have buttons. So if you're like one of the first few people to come say hi, we'll give you a button. And I'm just learning about this now and I just (laughs) might have gotten a little teary eyed thinking about it. I can't wait. Um, In the meantime, though. Thinking about buttons? Yeah. And like people loving us and getting buttons from us because they love us. Watch no, watch me go home with all of the buttons. Watch literally no one come to get one. Okay. <laughs> well, wow. except Shauna. I mean, Shauna listened to all of our episodes in one day, so I'm sure she'll take a button. Shauna, you deserve a button just for listening to us. 
That was incredible. Hundred percent. Okay, I'm okay. spiraling. Let's well, get out of here. <laughs> cheers, always and forever spiraling. Um, in the meantime, until you see us in Omaha, remember to see you on the summit. Hashtag see on the summit. Bye. Deuces, y'all. <laughs>